Hi, welcome to Generation X Paranormal. On this podcast, we talk about those scary bumps in the night, the lights up in the skies you can't figure out, all the things that make the the hair on the back of your head stand straight on end. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. On this podcast, we'll be talking about Missouri State Penitentiary. Missouri State Penitentiary was constructed in the early 1830s to serve, well, a new state, well, at least a newly admitted state of Missouri. And get this, $25,000 was allotted by the legislature for the expenses, for the expenses, I should say. You know, I would have to admit, uh, 25 grand would probably not even buy you a car these days, but apparently it'll sure buy you a penitentiary in the 1830s anyway. Well, this facility opened up back in March of 1836. Incidentally, it's the same month that the Alamo fell, which, uh, that's kind of an interesting correlation. So some of its first prisoners were employed. Uh, they basically, they made bricks and, uh, really kind of just helped form the actual prison. Uh, but it consisted of, I believe, of one guard, one warden, 15 prisoners, and a foreman. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't a ton of people in the beginning, but it was a start of something pretty crazy. Some of its most notable inmates, Pretty Boy Floyd, Sonny Liston, James L. Ray, and Lee Shelton. Now, if you don't know who Lee Shelton is, if you're somewhat of an old blues fan, uh, does the name Stagger Lee ring a bell? That was written about him. Now, to get a better understanding, I'm reaching out to a prior guard. Uh, he had asked to keep his, his anonymity, so we'll be masking his name and his voice. Yes, hi, this is Logan with uh, Generation X Paranormal, and uh, I know that we agreed to have a conversation with your anonymity kept, but could you tell us a little bit about the conditions of the prison while you were there as a guard? Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, you got to remember, this place was the worst of the worst, and Time Magazine at one point called this the 47 bloodiest acres in America, and it was, it was very much so not a place you wanted to be. And now... It has become one of the most haunted places in America. Well, as I said, there was a lot of death here. Um, people were executed. Inmates were tortured, not only by each other, but by, uh, by of course, the guards. So uh, it was every bit of brutality as you can imagine. So the fact that there's some kind of entities or the fact that they're even here wouldn't surprise me in the least. And perhaps it has something to do with the reported over 2,000 deaths in this location. Sir, would it be okay if I kept you on the line for some questions later? Absolutely. I'm retired. Go ahead. Awesome. Thanks so much. Get back to you soon. Now, on site, there is a gas chamber. And what makes that interesting is it's not a single-person gas chamber. Now, to be honest with you, I haven't been in many gas chambers in my life. But I guess I don't think I've ever seen one with more than one person being able to be executed at any given time. So no need to worry about it. If you got a couple inmates you got to get, hey, we can do two at a time. Why not? Save on the uh, uh, on the gas, I guess. I, I don't know. But anyway, so there were 40 executions there. Now, granted, for the most part, um, you know, those were quote-unquote expected deaths. But... <laughs> It goes so much deeper than that. So the tales of torture 
that were committed not only between the the staff and inmates, but between the inmates themselves. I mean, it'll leave you just absolutely breathless, and we'll cover a little bit of that too. But the torture done between the staff and the inmates is literally Game of Thrones type stuff. I mean, it is just... If you can imagine the most depraved thing you can think of to torture these inmates, they did it. And they did it well. And for many, many, many years. And we're going to get into that much deeper, but that's where... That's sort of where we start here. Um, You know... I guess as far as ghosts are concerned, um, yes, technically, I believe in ghosts. I'm just going to tell you right now. Absolutely 100%. Um, I think that people can be haunted, but I also think places can be haunted. And I seriously think this place is haunted. Now, I've had the distinct honor of being uh, there as a tour guest uh, twice, both on Halloween, because, you know, I figured that uh, something's going to happen. Why not it happen on Hallow's Eve, right? Well, I can tell you that it absolutely did not disappoint. So I think I'm going to go ahead and start with kind of what this looks like when you get there. So driving up to the facility is just kind of just this like two lane road um, and you park along the side if there's available parking. If not, there's some parking a little bit further down the road. But um, when you pass by this thing, you cannot mistake it for anything else in that city. It is... Man, it is about as medieval looking as it gets. Right from the word jump, when you see that thing, it is gray stone and it is just, it is brutal looking from the outside. Just looking at it from the outside looks like it is a place of death and horror. Um, it, it, it really does kind of harken back to thoughts of like uh, medieval times where there's there was torture. I mean, honestly, it, it has this total Game of Thrones vibe in the worst way. So... Anyway, you you park, you kind of walk up to this this location, and the front door is still the same front door, obviously, they've had since, uh, what, 160 years ago. And um, when you walk in, there are bars on the the entrance, which, I mean, you'd come to expect that. And as you walk in to the left, it kind of looks like this really awful DJ booth that's completely enclosed in, in glass. And which is obviously where a member of staff would be to greet people that come in. And um, so anyway, there is also a small little window that you go to get your tickets to do your tour. And they kind of tell you in this waiting room, hey, hang out here. And, you know, when once we're ready to start, we'll come and get you. And while you're seated there, you kind of realize that there have been no updates to this building since it closed, at least. Um, There's really no amenities um, if you have to use the restroom, you literally have to walk into the the interior portion of the uh, of the jail, uh, the yard, so to speak. And there's porta potties there. I mean, it is it is not um, it's not for the faint of heart. Honestly, it, it's it's great. It's fun. It's really it helps you get really in the mood for it. But yeah, there's not much in the way of creature comforts. Uh, really, water I think is about all you're allowed to have with you. Um, and they do have a shop which. I mean, it's in one of the one of the rooms there, and they sell, you know, the, the typical gotchas and stuff and the tchotchkes that you would expect. But these guys need to make a living, and I get that. So 
you know, kind of as you're waiting there, uh, you got to see you get to see a lot of people start to come in, and and you know, you get to see who's going to go on the tour with you. And going on this tour, there's there was all kinds of walks of life, uh, different age groups, people speaking different languages. So it definitely is an infamous spot. Um, and then typically, what happens, at least the first and the second time, I don't know if it's all the time, you're greeted by your tour guide. Now. I can tell you these tour guides have just, just these amazing stories, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But as soon as you walk in, you have that kind of greeting area. And when they start the tour, they kind of break down the history and what's happened in the building and, and sort of, you know, the different entities and where they're seen and just those sort of things. But, I mean, they literally tell you from the word jump, there was an entity in that building. And they recall a gentleman walking from one side to the other looking like somebody circa of i believe the 50s or 60s and i believe if my memory serves correct is that was a uh, was a doctor the doctor on site and i believe one of the one of the tour guides and it wasn't the ones that i've personally met but one of the tour guides was an ex um well an ex i guess department of corrections person i don't know how to properly say that i mean uh, i guess you can just say a member of staff try to flag him down because he knew him by name and he wouldn't respond so yeah it's kind of right from the word jump so we're going to kind of get started and i'm going to tell you a little bit about the uh the different entities and and my personal uh i guess experiences with it so kind of starting off in building number one so building number one housed the females and uh, at any given point, uh, it wasn't a huge uh, population of women. I think at most 60 in total, uh, but it were very confined. It was a very small area. It was a dormitory, but uh, it was not something you would want to uh, to see. It was dark. And to kind of help us out, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to our mystery guest, sir. Uh, can you comment a little bit about building number one? Of course, as you said, this was a female facility. It was what they referred to as a dormitory. And at any given point, there was no more than 60 women housed at this facility at any given time. But they did not necessarily have the greatest conditions either. Um, there were some very notable women here, um, but for the most part, they were well segregated from men with a 20-foot stone fence. So, or I should say stone wall. And they even had their own uh, solitary confinement, which uh, there was no picnic either. Thanks, sir. Appreciate that. Some years ago, Apple released the the ability to take uh, a picture, and it would do a series of, well, really, it was a video. And in that video, in those frames, it would take the best frame and present that to you as a picture. So if you were to take a picture, you could theoretically hold down or force hold that, that photograph, and it would give you the video that it used to utilize to get that frame. So, you know, we'd taken a lot of pictures in there, and some were just kind of neat. It was so dark. Uh, but my wife and I, we went into this one cell, and it was just a its a very eerie cell. It was just, it, you felt so much weight there. It was just, it's just really hard to, I guess, to describe, obviously, because I can't do such a good job of it right now. But the weight was just almost unbearable. It was crushing. And um, I'm like, you know just just snap some pictures in here and so she was taking a few shots well one shot when you looked at the picture itself it didn't show anything but when you held down the force hold you could see a very visible uh moving uh, i don't want to say orb it's just this like this light would go from inside you watched it 
generate really uh, materialize from inside and fly like in an S motion out the door. Now, granted, it's an old, well, it's an old prison and people will say, well, I mean, sure, that wasn't dust. No, I mean, yes, of course, it was a very dusty place. Granted, I'll, I'll give you that. But there was no light. You know what I mean? We weren't shedding any light on it. So why would we get light back? There was no flash used. It was all with the uh, dark imagery. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe maybe some ambient light, but not enough for it to illuminate the way it did. Um, and this was October, late October, almost November. So bugs really weren't an issue. It was freezing in there. So I don't know. For me, I will always uh, I will always say that that was uh, at least an entity moving in and out of that cell. And uh, later on, many years later, I should say, in fact, last year we went back and that very same cell, we all went in there and tried to generate the same activity and, and we didn't get it, but we heard so many weird things in that cell and that weight was still there. So I don't know. Uh, I guess chalk that up to could it have been something else? I mean, I, I have to concede it could have been, but I think putting all the different things together to me it was absolutely an entity so moving along that tour uh, you leave the building one facility and there's a stairwell that they take you down and once you get down at the bottom of it you kind of empty out into the courtyard now the courtyard was was impressive it's very big uh, in the center was this or is rather a a large area and I think that's where they played games and did things like that uh, kind of like their rec yard if you will um, and off to the left is another building now that building oh but let me tell you that building has is something else that is building number four what they call a hall and that is by far the most evil looking thing from the outside but what happens inside is is beyond words and evil cannot describe what had happened behind those walls and that of course was the next stop on this tour so as we walk to that to that building it's just this impending feeling of doom walking to it now, granted it was at night and especially the last time it was quite cold and there was a lot of cloud cover so it, it really added to that that stigma but you know approaching these doors of this hall um you know it just looks like anything you would want to be anywhere else on the planet hell the universe than where you were about to cross into the threshold of so you know kind of as you open the doors to this you walk in and it is is a, it is a building with a, an empty center, okay, and the the prison cells are basically around the walls, of course, but in the center is an opening. It's very reminiscent of, at least to me, it felt a lot like, you know, the Shawshank Redemption type thing, or, I mean, honestly, maybe even uh, Green Mile-ish, but no, honestly, if I gotta be, if I'm sitting there with a gun in my head, it felt like Shawshank. I mean, you walk in there and it was just, it was oppressive, immediate oppressive. Now in that center, there was a, a seating area and each time you would sit and your tour guide would kind of give you a, a basic history of that building, you know, kind of some of the, uh, some of the people that were housed there like Sonny Liston and, 
and, and people of that nature. And being there, there's so much ambient noise. I mean, at any given time, a ghost could have come up behind me, sat down in the chair, and I probably wouldn't have known because, one, I don't have the greatest hearing anymore because of the military. Uh, but the other is, it's just, it's just, it's hard to focus on everything. So, you know, you, you kind of, some stuff you just say, well, that's just ambient noise, but there is so much noise that you hear seated in there. It's an old building, granted, but you can hear shuffling, you can hear footsteps, you can hear whispering. Um, and you, in the back of your mind, I think you think, well, that's just the people that are on this tour with me. But I got to be honest, it, it probably is not. Um, it is what I believe to be one of the more active parts of Missouri State Penitentiary. And the first time we were there, we took some pictures um, in the, the general population area of that building. And, and honestly, there was really nothing nothing captured on it. And we tried. You know, they, they talk about these, these catwalks that are up on the third and fourth floor, I believe, or just maybe the third. But at any rate, they said there are pictures of, of entities walking down that, that path. Of course, we are not allowed up there. They In the first uh, tour, we were, but um, that building was hit by a tornado and the roof had been completely demolished. So I think they kept, I guess, tours from going up there due to probably liability, most likely. But uh, the second time we were there, they had put the new roof on, thankfully. But still cold, by the way. But I think there was a lot of debris, so they weren't letting people up there. And uh, on that second tour, there were some people that stated they, they saw things, people peeking in and out, upstairs, people kind of looking over the, uh, the railings to see down at us. You know, sure. I, I, would, I would imagine that probably did happen. And I, I guess I'm a believer of residual entities as well as active but, um, you know, I also think that the, the, your mind can do something what you call matrixing. So you will see something um, that may not be at all paranormal, but because as, as humans and as how our brains work, we have to categorize it as something. It can't just be unknown. So I think sometimes people go to the well and say, well, it's an entity. It's a ghost. It's got to be whatever. Take a picture of it, throw it on you know, the Instagram or the YouTubes or whatever you put it on. And now we're looking at a ghost. Well, maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny it for anybody, but I can tell you this. The very last time we were there, I captured a picture. Now, granted, I'm not putting the focus on me that I take the best pictures or anything, but I, I captured something that, that really kind of shocked me a bit. Um, on the, on the first floor, on the left-hand side from the seated area is this, um, this fire hydrant area or fire fighting equipment. And there's a door very close to it. And I happen to see a black kind of blob on my phone at the first, at, at first. So, you know, it's, it's dark, black, black ball blobs. Wow. Black blobs can be just about anywhere, but this one was a little bit interesting because it had form. So, you know, I did the, the obligatory pinch to zoom and I zoomed in on it and yeah it, it had a very human looking uh shape to it so you know I, the tour guide keeps talking and I keep looking at this picture going I, I think I got something here so right as the uh, as a tour guide wrapped up what they were talking about uh, I kind of went up to him and, and and said hey look I got this picture you know, would you mind taking a look at it? Kind of get your input on it. <laughs> and 
And the uh, the guide looked at it, and you could just tell by his expression that I had something there. And he was like, wow, yeah, okay. And he called over the, the other tour guide, because there was a couple of people with us, and said, look at this. And, and both of them were just kind of looking back and forth and talking to each other about it. Well, long story short, I ended up texting the image to both of them because um, they, they truly believe that I caught something there. And uh, I do have a Facebook page. Now, we'll put that image on there for you guys to review. Please take a look at it. Tell me what you think. Post whatever you want on there. Totally up to your own uh, interpretation. But uh, anyway, caught that, and that was pretty exciting. Kind of kind of felt like a, a celebrity there for a moment. But uh, at any rate, so I think one of the one of the most oppressed and one of the one of the worst places I've ever been. Now I've been to Port Arthur in Hobart, Tasmania, and that's a very oppressive place. And we will do an episode on that at some point. But that that place is very oppressive. A lot of atrocities, very similar to what happened at uh, Missouri State Penitentiary happened there. But I mean, you can cut that oppression with a with a knife. Well, it was no different. And this place, it just Okay, so without stumbling on my words anymore, there is an opening on the floor uh, about midway towards the back of this uh, of this building. So there's a flight of stairs that goes straight down. And at that bottom of that flight of stairs, if I remember correct, is like a showering facility and and a few other things down there. But there are do- there's a door on the left-hand side that leads to a <laughs> a back area. Now, I... I don't do it justice, but I'm going to have somebody else explain what we call the dungeons. Sir, I can think of no other to explain the dungeons other than yourself, so please take it away. So the dungeons are pretty evil. Um, It's certainly not a place that I'm comfortable with. Uh, As you go down the flight of stairs, there used to be a whipping post there, and that's where the inmates would be whipped with a cat of nine tails now. If you're not familiar with the Cat of Nine Tails, you ought to look that up because I can't think of a torture worse than that. And I believe at the time, uh, they were allowed to have up to a hundred lashings. And I think, I think somebody received close to 90 or 99. I can't really remember, but I'm sure to that individual after two, <laughs> it really didn't matter anymore. He probably passed out. At least I know I would have. But, uh, you know, it's, it's also a place where there's a shower facility there. And, um, you know, that's, that's where some of the washing was done. The, uh, the scary part is off to the left, there is a, a door, and it's a, it's a not so, not so prominent door, but uh, when you look, go in and when you open it up, it leads into kind of like a catacomb, and that's where the dungeon cells are. Now, it is often said that there's a, there's a demon that kind of, that haunts that area, uh, especially at the door, at the entrance of the, uh, of that facility. And I would believe that because I think anything or anyone that could have survived or is down there has to be, has to wrestle with the demons inside of them. Uh, but you go in there and it is completely void of any light that is not produced by, by a light bulb. Now the dungeon cells, they reserve that for the worst of the worst. Um, there was a uh, an inmate that was housed in there for starting a fire, and his name was Fireboat Johnson, and he uh, he caught the uh, attention of the warden with his antics. So, uh, pretty much having enough of him, they went ahead and threw him in one of the dungeon cells. 
Uh, he later, uh, he did survive and he was released. And once he was released, he wrote a book called Buried Alive for 18 Years in the Missouri Penitentiary. And that kind of gives you an idea of what the conditions were like. So if you ever want to read that will make, make your uh, hair fall out, that'd be one of them. But uh, yeah, it was pretty awful for him. Now it's reported that he spent 17 years in one of the cells. Now, I'm not sure that's true or not. Um, it's also reported that he went blind and that I do believe because if you lose that much sight for a very long time, your, your ocular socket uh, really has no work. So your, your ocular nerve doesn't know what to do with, it, with information and lack thereof and basically shuts down. So, you know, that's, I don't know how a man can't go mad during that time frame. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty horrific conditions indeed. Um, so on the tour, when we went down there, uh, they had us line up against the wall. And uh, to tell you that, that the weight down there isn't palpable, uh, it's just, again, it's one of those things that I think you definitely need to be there. Um, so anyway, they have us put our back up against the wall. And the first time we went, um, my uncle-in-law, Jim, uh, we went down there and uh, we were, I, I had my back up against the wall on one side and he had his back up against the wall on the other side. So, um, but we were right in front of each other. And <clears throat> one of the things that the, uh, the tour guide does is, you know, for effect, uh, has you all stand there and says, hey, look, we're going to shut the lights off to give you an idea of what these inmates experienced. And, you know, when you think about it, you're like, okay, well, I've been in a dark room, so... You know, I, I've got some basic understanding of that. And, uh, you know, even myself, I've, I've been out to sea where there's literally no light in front of you, but there's some. I mean, even when even when it's a moonless night, you still get some ambient light. But anyway, so again, he's across from me and they, uh, they said, OK, one, two, three. They go through the whole, you know, ah, uh, factor and they shut the lights off. And when I say it's dark. It is it is a kind of dark that you, you just, I guess you can't fathom until you see it or until you experience it. I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of Looney Tunes. And I remember I remember Daffy Duck, uh, there was this clip, and I, I wish I could tell you where, when, and how, but there was a clip of, of this blob of black that just like encapsulated him, and he was trying to get out. And that's kind of what it felt like. And uh, so we're in there and people are just, you could, you could tell people were on edge and, and, uh, and everybody was just kind of like really frightened by that. And I heard, now I'll tell you what he heard, but what I heard was, shh. What he heard was, shh, stand still. Yeah. Well, needless to say, that was quite the ordeal. Um, and neither one of us are what we would call easily spooked. And it, it sure got us. I, I think I let off a small, you know, I wouldn't say scream, but I, I definitely knew I was scared. And uh, Jim's like, did you hear that? And it was just, <laughs> now I can laugh about it. But at the time, it was pretty frightening. And I'm sure he would agree. Now, last year when we were there, uh, Jim was with us, incidentally. But last year while we were there, um, we kind of went through the same process, but they actually let us in the cells and there was benches set up in the cells. And what made that interesting is you got to sit and I think they let the uh, dark, they let it be dark much longer. Um, and, you know, of course you got the, 
the tourist people screaming and the and the girls screaming because they, they you know do the high pitched scream and it's all fun and good. But um, but I, I think I liked the first experience a little bit better because it felt a little bit more natural and it certainly wasn't provoked. I mean we didn't sit there and ask for this, but. Uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine spending 17 minutes, which I did, but 17 minutes, let alone 17 years, locked up in that kind of confinement. Um, yeah, how people did not go mad, I don't know. And I know that I know that Firebug said that he would, if you were lucky and you had a button, you would flip the button and try to chase it throughout the throughout the day to keep yourself from going crazy. Um, wow, I mean that that's a whole new level of punishment for me. But the tour guides did say that there was a, uh, I think, a medium that had gone down there and said that there was was most certainly a demonic possession at the door of the entrance to that uh, to that dungeon, and, and that wouldn't surprise me in the least. And how there would not be any spiritual attachments down there, uh, I couldn't imagine there wouldn't be. If there was ever a place that would have some sort of residual, or even heck, even uh, well as we experienced, even a. a an interacting entity, I mean, that's the place. I mean, just all the atrocities that happened in there. Now, moving on to the next building in the tour, uh, we were led to a building that housed Death Row. So, yeah, the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> but, uh, so we so we go in this building, and there's several floors where, where inmates were housed, but this, of course, I believe on the very bottom level was Death Row. And, um, you know, you're there at night, so it's, it's all very spooky and all fun and well on, on, a, on a Hallow's Eve, if you will. But just to know it, you're there is just to know that the people that were in those cells were being sentenced to die. And I would imagine that's no different than today if you were to go into a, a, a death row portion of, a, of, a, of any kind of prison, honestly. Um, it would be very difficult to be there knowing that these people were sentenced to, to die for their crimes. So what the tour guide does is is kind of puts us all back against the wall away facing facing the prison cells but on the furthest wall away from it and you know you get kind of an idea that it was very confined and very once you were there I mean you knew of course your time was limited but uh you know there was no real windows that you could see out of I mean there were windows there but you sure couldn't you couldn't see out of them and, um, you know, I'm sure it was very difficult not only knowing that you're you're about to meet your fate, but, you know, your last few days are probably just spent in absolute agony. And this is where, you know, most of the people would have their last meal. And um, as far as the way the entities worked here now, the first time we were there, I didn't really experience anything. Now, the second time we were there, I think what they had mentioned was there had been a report of a demon-like creature that would crawl on the ground. Now, I didn't experience that, but they did talk about down the hall there was a, there was an entity where uh, he was a big man, and I can't remember the name that they used, and, and I would urge you to look it up because it's interesting, but um, it's reported that he would, he would play with lights down there. Now, I did notice that. I did notice that there was uh, a blocking of light and of ambient light, so there was something definitely there. Did it really spook me no it was interesting but again um it was just a very rough place to be and you just felt that that weight and that oppression now i mentioned earlier and i'm telling you now um there was a death row so with a death row typically you have a an execution place and 
yes, folks, there is absolutely a building where they carried out executions. And how they carry these executions out was through gas. Now, you know, I can think of a million different ways that I wouldn't want to die. Let's put it this way, I don't want to die in the first place, but we all got to do it. However, I would not want to die that way for sure. Um, just the idea of gas making you do the things. Anyway, long story short, would not want to do that. If you ever want to look up what it's like to die from lethal gas, uh, explore that at your own will. But um, So it's, it's a pretty good walk from death row, and I'm sure that was done for a reason. I mean, the condemned would walk this very long walk to this building. And if you looked at this building from the outside, it wouldn't look like much. It was kind of like this, kind of looks like a storage unit, maybe, but with this incredibly long pipe sticking out the top of it. And there's an interesting story about that pipe that I'll get to here in a second. But so what the condemned would do is they would be led, you know, down to the building. And when you walk in on one side, there's a door that allows you into the kind of the area where the inmate would be led to and I think they spent their final night there because there is a cell there and maybe that's where they actually had their final meal and it might be and uh, you know that's where they would go and the warden would give them you know all the information and I'm sure at some point the uh, chaplain would be there to to help them along give them you know administer their last rites if that's their faith or whatever their faith was on the other side is a door for the gallery where people can go and watch this you know, the event take place. And that's something that's not uncommon today. Um, what did I feel there? I felt sorrow there. Um, I didn't really feel the ick factor. Um, I can tell you that you're allowed to sit in the seats and I've got pictures that I'll share on, uh, on the Facebooks and stuff like that. And maybe on the webpage that you're welcome to look at, but yeah, I don't know. I sat in it once I uh, don't know that I'd ever do it again. The second time I did not, um, you know, we had members of our family that did sit in it and it was pretty funny, but nonetheless, it was, it, it, it is a, it's a rough place to be, but I didn't feel that much in the way of entities. Now, you know, most of the, uh, the paranormal shows, they go down there and, and they say that they've felt something or heard something or heard knocking or what have you. And maybe that's the case. That was not my experience. In fact, it was quite the opposite. It was just very sad. And my guess is if I were if I were a betting man, there's no way that if I was executed there that I'm hanging around. I don't be reminded of that. You know? That's where you spent the last moments of your life, and if there is an afterlife, I'm not hanging around there. Heck, I'm not really even hanging around the the whole prison if I didn't have to. But uh, anyway, getting back to the pipe, so there's a there's a guard tower not too far away from where that pipe comes out. And as you probably guessed by now, that pipe was for the the, ex, the expel waste product of the gas. And I guess when they were initially setting it up, uh, they executed someone, or maybe it was just for testing. I can't remember how the story goes, but um, the, the guard in the tower got knocked out. I mean, it, the gas, I guess came back uh well the the gases went to his went his direction wow the gases went his direction and caused him to have a, a a physical manifestation and almost killed the guy so they they ended up having to build that thing much higher so i always always found that kind of interesting you know um 
you know, you would hope with engineering, <laughs> you wouldn't want to kill your own guard, but you know, it, it, things happen, you know, on the job, right? There's no OSHA back then probably, but, uh, at any rate, hey, listen, thank you so much for, for enjoying this podcast today. Um, please subscribe. Would love to have you. Um, try to do these every week. Um, try to make sure to keep things fresh. Won't stay with just one topic versus the other. Um, and hopefully next week we'll bring you a doozy. Sir, I really do appreciate you spending some time with us here. Is there anything you'd like to say at the end of this? Yes, please. Uh, please, if you're in the area... Do go there. Uh, they have a great tour. The people that work there are fantastic. Uh, everybody's very welcoming. It's a lot of fun. Um, it helps keep the memories alive. And, you know, this town doesn't have uh, a whole lot of, of uh, showcase and have a lot of attractions, but this is one of them. So Jefferson City, uh, Missouri State Penitentiary Ghost Tours, please go there, have fun, and thank you for having me on the show. Can't think of any way better to end it than that. Everybody have a good one. Stay safe. And that bump in the night, those things in the skies, well, they just may not be normal. They could be paranormal.